0: In this episode of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, there are adult themes and swear words. So please be careful. If you're listening to this in your car with your kids in the back seat, maybe listen to a different episode and come back to this one. Adult content is coming up. When's the best time to make a sale? It's right when you've made the first sale. There is no better time for you, for the customer, for anyone. Your confidence is up, you're happy, they're feeling good, they've just bought something. The best time to make a sale is when you've just made a sale, whether it's to the same customer or you use that energy to go out and find more customers, that is the best time. This episode is all about taking advantage of that energy, drive and passion to increase the sales and build your business. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us, to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Jamie, welcome back to the show for episode 11 of the coaching series, we are flying through these episodes and making progress on the Kickstarter. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling good today. Yeah. Uh this Kickstarter's been a super roller coaster, but today right now, feeling pretty good. As I told you, I just had a therapy session, which always helps. But it's not just that. You know, I'm continuing as of last episode to contact people and getting nice feedback always sort of puts a smile on my face. So
0: So you've been sending out some messages, just like we said.
1: Yes. And again, like I said, I hate doing it. It gives me anxiety. So I know I must do it. So i make sure to do it first thing. And even like, I just sent like a personalized one. And again, when I get the idea to do it, I just do it. I just do it right away. And it's cool. Like I'm starting to use my social media time better. Just now I was on Instagram and I saw I had a new, a new follower and I'm like, I bet it's better to write a new follower right away rather than Mm. the old follower who forgets who I am. So I didn't pitch my Kickstarter right away, but I got this new follower and I looked and he loves horror. And I'm just like, hey, you know, name. Thanks for following me. I see you like this. I love this too. And cool that you're, you know, like my art. I think you'll really like it. If he replies, then I will send him my Kickstarter. But yeah, I'm going to just, I think I'm just going to start doing that from now on. When I get a new follower, I'm just going to write hi. So much easier than going through all 400 later. Just, I get a new one, say hi. How are you doing? Engaged and done.
0: And they've just followed you. So they, they're in the moment, they know you, they're after that. So that's exactly the right time to do it. Engage them whilst they're interested. Yeah, totally. Right. Before we dive into the subject for this one, which is stretch goals, I have one thing on the anxiety of the message. Before you send a message, like this feeling comes, if you could just go back there for a second for me, what do you have to believe to feel that way? Like what has to be true to generate that feeling?
1: I feel like I'm going to annoy them and they're going to think I'm spammy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And do you generate a certain reaction from them? Do you see them responding in a certain way? Yeah. I see them like, oh, why is she writing me like this message? I don't want a personal message in my inbox. You know, I just want to follow this person. This person's obviously spamming me. Ugh. Bleh.
0: Okay. So, you have developed a strategy to think about someone rejecting you before you've even reached out. Yes. And to generate that feeling. I love that you're so clear on how you do it. It's actually an incredible strategy if you want to feel nervous messaging strangers. Uh, And I used to run a very similar strategy whenever I had to approach someone of the opposite sex that I was interested in, I would run a very similar strategy that they won't like me. They'll think I'm unattractive. I would feel incredibly nervous. I would imagine getting rejected and then I would never do it. Uh, And that didn't really lead to the life that I wanted to live. That just led to a stressed life. So really what we need to do is kind of smash that and reinstall a new strategy that says, ooh, what if this person likes what I'm doing? Or wow, what if they respond and say, I love what I'm doing? Like The average person who doesn't like the message just won't reply. So you're never going to know anyway. And the people who do reply are the ones who like it. So we need to kind of rewrite that. Do you have a voice that talks to you when you like? you imagine them sending a message back? Is it with a voice or is it a picture or is it
1: I guess the worst case scenario is that they don't write back at all. (laughs) So, so that the the (laughs) voice is none, (laughs) like that's the voice or that I imagine in their head that they're like, "Eh." you know, like, who's this? I mean, why would they say who's this? They just followed me, but this guy just followed me. But what if it's an old one? And like, for example, I'm having trouble on Twitter because I find, I don't know, maybe on Twitter more than Instagram, a lot of people are trying to push their own thing. So you look at their profile and it's like filmmaker, writer, da, 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 da. And I'm like well, they're just following me because they want to push that. And then if I push, my, you know, like, it's just, so that's where my mind goes. I don't have a voice for them per se, but I just have this feeling of annoyance as, as I guess what it is.
0: Interesting. So I guess on the Twitter bit, number one, everyone's profile should tell people what they do. Like right? that's the purpose of the profile <laughs> is to pitch yourself and say what you do and get people excited. Yeah, right? fair. <laughs> that is literally it. And if you're not if you're not telling the world what you do, no one else is going to do. So, like my profile always said, ah, oh, co founder of Pop Up Business School, helps people start businesses without debt. And I, I'm so excited and stuff. But that's my outwardly facing persona and it needs to be that. So, I think, like, don't look at other people and think, oh, they're pitching their own thing. Why would they be interested in me? That's going to stop you from approaching anyone and it's going to make you feel nervous. Like Just because mine says I'm into entrepreneurship and I like building businesses and I co-founded this thing, if someone messaged me about a Lego Kickstarter with some superhero Lego, how do you think I would respond? Well, you
1: would love it.
0: I would have a giant, like, yes, tell me everything. Uh, If someone messaged me about new comic books or (sighs) new things, if someone messaged me about a brand new tool to make better pizza dough, how would I react?
1: Oh, you'd love it. I mean, your WhatsApp says loves pizza more. I think it says it before, (laughs) like entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if people are pitching me
0: that stuff, I'm in. If someone pitches me, let's say, I don't know, what am I not into? Uh, God, that's a hard question to ask, isn't it? It could be literally anything in the world. Let's say they're pitching me curtains for houses and they send me a message about curtains. How am I going to respond?
1: it be like, I'm a urban nomad or whatever it's called. I don't have a house. I don't need curtains.
0: Yeah. I'm probably either going to say no, thank you, or it'll get ignored with the torrent of messages that arrives. But it doesn't mean I think they're spam. It doesn't mean I'm like annoyed with them. It's just I'm not interested and I move on with my life very quickly. What percentage of my life force do I spend getting annoyed with those people that randomly message me?
1: The viewers at home can't see that I'm making a zero with my fingers. So none. <laughs> <laughs> none. And I'm sure you do the
0: same. It's just like delete and move on or ignore and move on or no thank you and move on very quickly. And That's what people will do with you. But if you don't give them the chance to know, like you're just saying, I'm doing spooky horror. I'm doing spooky comic horror books. If they're into it, they'll reply, cool. If they're not, they'll move on quickly. But if you don't give them the chance, like if you didn't tell me about the new Lego Kickstarter, I'd be annoyed I wasn't in on it. Like, give me the opportunity to back you if I want to. Will you give me the chance, please? Yes, I will. Does that make sense about the pitching bit? Like give people Mm -hmm. the opportunity to say no, and then it's their prerogative to say no, yes, ignore. But if you don't give them the chance, you're diddling them out of the opportunity to be involved in something cool.
1: Okay. I like it. I'm going to try and shift my brain to that mode.
0: Yeah. No one likes to be diddled, Jamie. No No one likes to be diddled. So the next time you're thinking, should I message this person? Just think... I don't want to diddle them out of the opportunity. I'm going to do it.
1: Although I think diddled maybe means something different in America than it does in uh, the UK. So I don't know. I think some people do oh, like to be Is diddled. it lost in translation? <laughs> I, think, I think it's lost in translation, <laughs> that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. We have to be careful of the Britishisms. Uh, mm. Insert whatever word that means missed out. Okay. Uh, Not what I was thinking. Oh, interesting. I won't use diddled again on the podcast. <laughs> but give people the opportunity to get involved, like ask them, connect with them. And it's not spammy. It's just talking to people. And that's so important. And I think this is actually, I've done the coaching series with Christina and we've come on an incredible journey. And actually a lot of those first 12 episodes were about this exact subject. How do I comfortably reach out? How do I send the emails? I feel nervous. I feel strange. We've spoken about it a lot. I'm actually doing a third coaching series with a young guy called Andrew who's building a YouTube channel and he's been nervous about reaching out to sponsors and we have the same conversations. This is a problem that every entrepreneur, every creative person faces is, I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to spam people. I don't want to be the pushy one. And actually, we are generally, we are so far off being spammy, so far off. Like, you think you're being spammy sending one message? <laughs> like, yeah. what do you think the average spam person sends? Like, three a day? I don't know. Like, three an hour. you are so far <laughs> off spammy. It is unbelievable. Like, you're yeah, not even it. in the spam ballpark. You're like Baby League spam. You're not even spam. You can't <laughs> even be classified like that. You're a vegetable, not a meat. Well, I don't know if spam is meat, but you know I what I mean. So.
1: <laughs> you're not even close. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. I'm listening to the Christina ones and I am commiserating with her a lot when I hear her anxiety about reaching out. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, same, same Christina.
0: (laughs) We all go through it. And I still have that weird nervous energy sometimes, depending on what it is. I've got past it in a lot of areas of my life, but in some areas I still get it.
1: I think the fact that I just wrote that person who followed me immediately, like my brain was like, I should just write him right away. So yes, I'm getting over the anxiety, but also it's that my brain is starting to turn connecting with people as the go-to instead of pushing it off. It's just like, yeah, of course I'm going to say hi. Like I would have never done that before. Then now it's just like, yeah, of
0: course. Hi, how's it going? (laughs) That's perfect. And for everyone listening to this and for all of us, the idea is connect with people. That's the whole point, is connect with individuals. Then it doesn't feel like spam. You ask them a question, you write them a comment, you chat to them. It's not spam, you're connecting. And it's a different way of doing it, completely different way of doing it. Right, we ought to actually get in and talk about these items. So let me just set up a brief overview of where we are in terms of this, and then I'm going to ask you what you're thinking, Jamie. So the brief overview, the way Kickstarter projects work, is you set a target. I'm sure you heard a couple of episodes ago, Jamie and I were discussing how big the target should be and what it should be. And we went for two and a half, uh, two and a half thousand Canadian dollars. Jamie surpassed that target inside a day, wasn't it? 15 hours or something like that.
1: Yeah, 15
0: hours. 15 hours, smashed that target. Unbelievable. But then we've got 29 days left of the Kickstarter to still have an opportunity to generate And Kickstarter is very smart. And what they've done is they've created this thing called Stretch Goals. And the idea is you can engage the people that have already backed your project to help you promote it and reach more people. And you do that by saying, here's the stretch goal. If we hit 3,000, then I will draw an extra picture for you. If we hit 4,000, I will do this extra thing for you. So the existing backers don't pay any more and they get more out of it if we get more backers to come in and help it. So the more backers there are, the more successful the project is, the better everyone does. And it's really, really smart. And it's actually a smart way to do it. Even if you're not doing a Kickstarter, your actual own business is to start to talk to people about, oh, I'm thinking of doing this. If I can generate this much business, then I can do this. Do you know anyone else I should speak to? So the concepts we're going to talk about today are universal. We're going to talk about specifically a Kickstarter. However, it doesn't matter what business you're in, how you do it. I'd like you to start thinking about, oh, if I get to X customers, then maybe I could increase this for all of them. And you could send out that message and speak to your existing customers and go, here's what I'm doing. I think if I can get these many new customers, I can give you this extra because the cost will be split between all of them. And it's a really interesting way of doing it. So the best time to make a sale is when you've already made a sale because there's energy, there's happiness, and there's excitement. So use that energy, happiness, excitement to reach out to people, to see who else you can speak to, to share the message. And Rive the wave of energy because we had a wave of energy didn't we jamie we still have a wave of energy from this oh stuff. yeah
1: but that first day was just like insanity balls i was just like oh my god and <laughs> then to when i was like update my video updates i was just so happy i mean i'm still doing that stuff but now i'm like oh i don't want to send too many because it's but when i had made all the sales i'm like yes everybody wants to share in this excitement so yeah totally um i just wanted to add something about the kickstarter stretch goals you said, you know, people don't pay more. Correct. It's like current backers will get things and they don't have to pay more. But you do want them to up their pledge if possible to help get you there. So some of those rewards will be for all backers, but some will only be for certain things. So obviously, anyone who's just got the digital comic is not going to get a sticker. Like one of my stretch goals is a sticker, and everyone who got a print comic is going to have that tucked in their envelope. But I'm not going to just mail it to digital people. But maybe a digital person paid ten dollars for the digital they're gonna like you know for six bucks more comic and a sticker sounds pretty good you know or um even like i have one idea which is a a digital reward which we'll talk about after but it's not for the just comic digital it's for the digital deluxe pack so again it's like hey four bucks more you get all this stuff so it, it is to try and boost the average average pledge of each of the people that are already there
0: I love that and that's a very smart strategy. So the strategy that the name for that strategy we would say is an upsell. So if you just up to this package you get all of these extra things and the absolute king of that is McDonald's when they say <laughs> would you like to supersize this uh for x cents more or whatever it is and a ridiculous portion of people just say yes. And that's basically what we're doing in business is saying, would you like this extra? It only costs four bucks extra. And it's quite ridiculous the number of people that say yes, and then go to the next bit. And it's a, it's a really useful strategy, a really useful strategy. So let's go through this. We've hit a certain amount of dollars, and we're going to now set some stretch goals. We've had an initial wave of backers. And now after five, six, seven days, they've slowed down slightly and we've got one or two coming in a day. And what we're doing is hoping that these set of Kickstarter stretch goals are going to help us build energy to keep the sales going throughout the rest of the period of the Kickstarter. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Cool. So tell us what you've got in mind. Let's come up with some ideas and set a strategy.
1: Okay. Okay. So on... Day two, I had passed 2,500 and I was like, I need to do something about this. So I threw together a stretch goal for a holographic sticker because I could have done a normal sticker, but I'm like, she's a robot. Holographic is freaking cool. So I threw together an image, put it up as a $3,000 goal. And uh, some people did up their bid. They were friends, you know, and uh, I don't know if it actually made a big difference because we were already riding the wave, but I added it. Everyone's getting a sticker. People are happy about the sticker. I'm happy about the sticker. So now I'm like at 3684 something like that, and i have stalled. So I'm like, okay, I definitely need something at the $4,000 level. I don't want it to be too much work. So you're already at 3684
0: So it's only 400 bucks to get to the next level. Correct. I, yeah. I feel like we need to make people work a bit more for this. Oh. Uh, let's not give them, like, we only need $10 more. It's like, well, I don't have to try. Like, you'll get that naturally. You want to give people a goal that they can aim for, rally behind, get with you. If it's too close it's too easy and you go, well, I don't need to do anything. That will just naturally come in and I'll get the reward.
1: Yeah. Fair. Let's see. I'm at 3,658, but I feel like 4,500 is a long way away for, okay, let me just go through what my plan was and then we can pick it apart. How's that? Let's just do that first. So I was thinking for the $4,000, it would be a printable paper doll for all digital, deluxe, and up pledges. So this won't have a printing cost. And also, like, if you do a new print, it's a cost of that. And also the shipping. Like, if you start adding all these prints, the weight starts to go up. And the free shipping that I was offering for the comics suddenly is getting pretty big. So I probably wouldn't add it to the free shipping pledges, actually. Then I was thinking 4500 new art print, 5000 would be a digital pdf of production notes, all early sketches and concept art, first draft of comic panels, original art sketches from 10 years ago, color schemes and more. 5500. Not sure, maybe nothing. Jump to 6k or <laughs> <laughs> or three new outfits for the Mandy paper doll. I don't even know if people want that. 6000 four-page mini story Added to comic of one of the Mandy's previous lives. Now you were like, we need to push further. And looking at this, I'm like, yeah, 6K. So just for all the viewers at home, I think we've said this already. This isn't all profit. It costs money to print these comics. It costs money to ship these comics. And I've run out of higher tiers at this point. I added two new commission spots, but those take my time. So like at this point, we've done all the bigger tiers. And so I'm trying to just sell comics, right? So the amount of profit from this point on is very small. So if I do make 6K, let's just like I calculated, if I do just comics with shipping included, I'm making about like three bucks a comic. And then the government takes a lot of that, you know, taxes. So it seems like a big number, but it's like, it's actually not. So yeah, now I'm wondering four pages of comic stories, a lot of work for no money. So maybe maybe I should make it 8K for that mini- a comic, maybe I should throw it really high, and you're like 10k, and I'm like, "Whoa, dude! I can see it in your eyes that you're Whoa. about to see." It. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa <dude>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in the scheme of things, it's the way we're looking at this because 10k to one person can seem a lot like a lot. 10k to another person is a drop in the ocean, and it depends which way you look at it. And if you think of like, we've been speaking now for a couple of months from those very two early sessions where we spoke with Casey and Simon from pop-up to clarify where you were going to focus. We've been working on this project, Jamie for two months and you've got the month of the Kickstarter, which we're working pretty hard. And then you've got the production of all of this and the shipping of it all. But well, this is a four month project and yes, it's in your spare time, but it's still a four month project. Like, that's not a huge amount of money for that kind of scale of project, the effort, the energy that we have, you have put in. I mean, I've just rocked up on the phone calls for an hour every week or so. You have put in, like, it doesn't feel like a big amount of money for me. And you're right. We don't have the big backing numbers, which are what has created a big wave of money in the first time. But there's no reason why we can't figure something out. And add in another level or do something else or add in a special thing to do stuff. There's no reason why we can't figure this out and work out what to do. But yeah, in terms of the finances, it depends how much you want to do the work to do the extra thing. So if you're like, it'll be an absolute joy to do the four-page mini story. I think it'll be huge fun I want to do it. I want it to be part of it. It's not going to cost that much extra to do four pages in the comic. The shipping will be the same. Then I'll be saying, well, okay, do it for six or seven. If you're telling me it's a huge amount of work to do the extra four pages, it'll change the shipping fees and the weights and all of the other stuff. This is a challenge. I'm like, well, let's make it worth your while. The worst thing you can do is sell something that you later regret having sold because you have to do the work. And I've done that before. I've sold projects and people have beaten me down on the price. And then when I actually come to do it, I'm like, oh, why did I say yes? I'm not even getting paid much. This is pointless. I've got no energy. I've got no drive. They get a worse worse service. It doesn't get any extra business. Like It's just not nice. And I want you to avoid that feeling. So you need to be well rewarded in your mind for the work you do. Otherwise, just the motivation and the drive. But if you're pumped and excited and you don't care, you're saying me, I would do this if it was free. Like I'd do this now. I'm I'm in to do the four-page comic no matter what. Then I'd say, well, okay, go six. That's fine. Does that make sense about the
1: levels? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I do want to do it. Also, I was thinking about this morning. I'm like, man, people love this character. I think I told you, like, you know, I had done this Guess Mandy Nines, you know, like version one. And I was going to keep, you know, playing on that. And I didn't realize because I was like, okay, cool. Like a couple people, you know, three people wrote and I had to write some others just to get them to comment. Then I didn't realize that, like, I had made a YouTube, unlisted YouTube video and linked that to the Kickstarter because I was trying to upload it directly and it didn't work. And it turned out people were commenting on the video. <laughs> so I had, like, four extra oh, wow. comments. So actually people were commenting. I thought it was, like, three people. No, I had, like, five unsolicited and then, like, at the end, like, eight people commenting on it. It was really great ideas. And I was like, Oh, shit. So people really love that idea of like this character, having different versions through time, you know, and when I posted the version that I put, which is like a medieval robot, you know, in knight's armor kind of thing. With the backstory, people are like, "Ah, this is so cool. Can you do it? Now, I couldn't do that as the, the story because it actually, I came up with this short paragraph. But if I was to do it as a comic, it would be way more than four panels. But I'm like, kind of into this character now. But this whole comic was supposed to be an anthology of different women. But now I don't know. Anyway, so the point is, I'm really enjoying this, but it is putting a wrench in my socket of all the creative projects that I I had. It takes time. It takes time to draw a freaking comic. So would I do it anyway? In a way, yes. But um, yeah, I definitely six is too low. Six is way too low. And when I go to the old currency converter, if I look at 10,000 Canadian dollars, funnily enough, that is 8,000 American. So if I make like an $8,000 goal Canadian, you know what I'm saying? If 8,000 seems reasonable to me, it's actually less. Like 10,000 Canadian is actually 8,000 American. So there you go. But again, to get to that, I would have to sell so many comics. So I don't think it's even possible to get there. So maybe the idea- mm-hmm. you- So you're killing the idea before we start- yeah, it's yeah, not possible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. We have no idea. Look, this will never work. No one will ever buy that many comics. <laughs> I feel like this is what we were saying two episodes ago. Oh, we could never set it at 3000 to start. Like no, no one will ever give us $3,000. Like this is never going to work.
1: That's right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's, okay, so let's say that we can do it. But even if we can't, if we do put that high goal I mean it's people are striving towards it you know so it could still work in the sense of like getting more funding in general if people are striving towards this goal and I'm going to ask, start asking people to share it and not just share it like on their social media but I'm going to kind of be like hey guys if you want to do this can you tell like two friends and just like write them an email and be like look at this cool project from this girl and we can do this together and you know something like that because I people I tell people to share I even gave them the little script that you you told me to share And people are still just sharing on social media. I'm like, no, it's not, it's it's like one social media share is like nothing compared to writing someone a personal email of your friend and being like, oh, this is cool. Check it out. You know? But uh, yeah. Okay. Tell me more of your thoughts then.
0: Well, you've got steps along the way to keep people engaged. So it's not like you've got one giant target and then there's nothing in between. You've got plenty of steps along the way. I just feel like you've got these nice steps and then you should have a moonshot and Let's stop doubting ourselves and have a go. The worst thing that happens is you don't make it. Let's say you sell 5,000 or 7,000, and then we get to the end and you go, actually, we didn't make that huge stretch goal, but I'm going to do it anyway because I really want to do it. But that stretch goal has driven people towards it. It's the kind of shoot for the moon, but land in the stars concept. You'll still do well, but you can also say, well, we didn't quite make it never mind, I won't do it, and save the energy and do it for the next Kickstarter. There's no reason you can't do that. Or you can just do it if you're excited towards the end and you actually like, I just want to do this. So I don't think you have anything particularly to lose for shooting for the moon. Like, what's the worst that happened is we don't hit it.
1: Yeah, fair. I mean, I've already, this isn't the new Kickstarter. This is like an add-on. So I already have it funded. I'm already going to make this comic. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just can to make more comic. Yeah, fair. Let's do it. But I don't know. Okay. So I like there's also has to be like a level of comfort in a decision, right? Like I think there
0: should be a level of discomfort in a decision.
1: Oh God. Look at you, huh?
0: <laughs> yes, this annoying Englishman on the other end of the phone that takes your words and says the opposite. Yeah, like there should be a level of discomfort. Because if you're totally, everything you want in life is outside your comfort zone. And if you constantly shoot inside your comfort zone, we're never, mind you, like 3K was outside your comfort zone two weeks ago. So we've shifted your comfort zone significantly. And I would like to keep doing that because what you truly want, Jamie, is outside your comfort zone.
1: What I'm doing right now is that I'm just looking up the printer that I'm using and just FYI, like what I'm printing right now is 16 sides with a four page cover, and uh, it's 270 Canadian for that. Without shipping, that's $2.70 per book if we sell 100 copies, which we're, we are because we're at like 84. So if I add four more pages, that comes to $313. It's not that much more per book.
0: 45 bucks more. In total, 45 bucks more.
1: Yeah, so it's like then you've cent. got
0: your time, your energy, the creating it and all that stuff. But I would like, let's just go for it. Let's just go for 8,000 Canadian. Just let's throw in, let's go full out. Let's make this happen. And the worst that happens is we don't make it quite, but you can choose to do those extra four pages and go, we didn't quite make it, but I know you worked hard back as I'm going to do this anyway, because I love you.
1: Well, I don't think I would do that. Uh, But I could easily, like, I could pivot this into another Kickstarter. Like, if people like it and we didn't make it, I mean, that's a lot of work. It's not just throwing a print in. Like, four pages of comic is a lot of fucking work, Alan. It's a lot of work. Uh, So I wouldn't do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What I'm trying to say is, if you really want to do the extra four pages and you hit 7,000, not eight, you can decide to just do it if you want to. Like, it's not a significant amount of money, 45 extra.
1: Yeah. Well, let's get there when we get, like, if we don't reach it, we'll make that decision. But I'm not so sure I would do it even if I didn't reach it. Cause then it's like, well, this is enticing. Cause now we can have an, the next one will be the next story of Mandy one, two, you know? Can,
0: yeah.
1: So it kind of leads into the next.
0: thing. That's a great idea. Yes. That's perfect for me.
1: So can we talk about like how to get like the road to that, the different levels where we should place each milestone, what you think of the choices that I made as stretch goals to get us to that 8,000 mark?
0: Yes. So I think you've got these stretch goals. We don't know which ones are enticing to the audience. One way of doing that is engaging the audience and doing a little poll saying, here's the six ideas I've got for stretch goals. Which ones would you most like? And get them to vote and see what they say. And then you can put those those in. We've got time to do that because we're not very far through the Kickstarter and that will get engagement. The second way of doing it is just to go, okay, I'm going to put these up and they're all in there. So we'll just see which ones get the engagement and they'll tell us and we'll just go for it. I think the levels are great. I would say
1: you're already more or less at
0: 4,000.
1: So I would up that. I feel like I will reach 4,000 because at the end of the Kickstarter, it's where the, the dip goes back up. So a lot of people who are on the sidelines waiting, maybe, uh, they're going to either up their pledge or they're going to pledge period. And that's just like, that's why there is this dip. That's just human nature. There's either you get excited at the beginning or at the end. And if it's a friend, like all right now, I'm getting all the friends, you know, supporting me right at the beginning. When I do, I'm a terrible person, but I totally do that. I'll watch Kickstarters and I'll be like, maybe, 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 oh my God, yes, I need it. (laughs) So I'm definitely the end person on that, like end of the spectrum.
0: (laughs) Well, that works for everyone. That is a, that's a, time-honored sales technique and it's called a time-bound sales offer. So you either buy it by this date or that's it. It's over. And that's what gets people off the line. And we like every form of sales, you go, okay, you can buy it. Here's the offer. The offer is valued for 21 days. Everyone does this. You go on hotels.com and they'll say, well, we're 67% booked and they're doing the scarcity sale. They're doing the time bound sale. Like this is not often available. You're lucky you found it. Buy it now before it disappears. Like These are time honored sales techniques. And I think it's wise to use them. And they work on all of us, not just you, Jamie, all of us, it works. So I think using that is great.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why Kickstarter is so popular. <laughs> it's literally using this business model for its entire you know business. Like the time bound is the Kickstarter thing. <laughs> In fact, like I I was reading that some Kickstarters are trying to do really short ones because there's even people who think, yeah, just two weeks, just do two weeks, you know, to to up, maybe not all the time, but there is something about having a short Kickstarter, you know, getting people really excited for the short period of time.
0: Yeah. So I think my overall comment here is the details and the exact amounts, please take this in the right way. They don't really matter. Like whether it's four thousand four and a half, whether it's this or that, like we just need to go for it and do it, and the exact amounts and the exact bits we just need something cool that will get people excited and promote it and engage with people. That's it, and I think the tendency of all of us is to overthink it and try and make it perfect, but whether it's four thousand two hundred and fifty or four thousand five hundred doesn't really matter
1: okay, and do you think I should pull people? Or does it look like I don't know what I'm doing? Like, oh no, she she had to have these all planned out ahead of time. I guess it's pretty clear that I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Look, this is my first Kickstarter. You are the
0: backers and I want to know what you want. I'm doing this for you. So tell me what you want and I will do it. Here's my ideas. And there's even an other section. Because when I asked you about Mandy version one, you gave me better ideas than I had. So... If you've got ideas for what my stretch goals should be, tell me, and then I'll work out whether it's possible or not. So I think this is not you saying, like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is an opportunity for you to say, I care about you, backers. Tell me your ideas. And I think for everyone listening, this is the same thing for your business. Go to your customers and say, like, I care about you as customers. I've had these ideas. What would you be interested in?
1: Like, get them chatting. Yeah, sounds good. I like it. I can do a quick Google form and add that to the left thing tomorrow. And yeah, it's good times. Exactly. Exactly. And
0: then that's a really easy thing. And then we can set the levels and then it's just the promotion. It's just the promotion and the energy. And we are absolutely back to (laughs) the more messages you send, the more sales work you do, the more promotion you do, the better. Get the people around you to help you. Ask your close friends if they'll help you I don't know. Do you have any close friends that uh, have a similar energy to you around spooky horror that you could say, could you do an account takeover for a day and message a load of people for me? Like We just need some energy around it and to get the word out as much as we can. And different people have different energy and different pushing out there. If you want to give me access to your Instagram account, I'll do it for half an hour and message a load of people and send some energy. You might not like what I will say, but I'll create some waves for you.
1: Maybe not. Maybe not yet. Yeah, maybe next one.
0: <laughs> do you trust the British person?
1: <laughs> but even the thought of having like a friend do it, I never thought of that, but it seems like a big ask and I don't know. Depends how well you know them, how much fun it is.
0: And you can always do it as a trade. So here's one of the things we found at Pop-Up Business School. We had this event where we were selling and imagine a big hall with tables and there's people selling crafts, people selling art, people selling soap. There's all these different businesses around the tables. And it was a little bit quiet and people were struggling to sell. So the idea we came up with was everyone move one table to the left and everyone moved round one table, and they sold the person's next to them's bits. And here's the difference. Let's imagine I'm pitching me. I'm pitching me, and I go, look, you've got to buy my art. I am a fabulous artist. It will brighten your life. You must have my art in your room. How do I sound?
1: Super uninteresting and boring. Um
0: a little bit of a, uh, yeah, maybe possibly a little bit arrogant. If I say, like, Jamie is an incredible artist. She lights up my world with an art. like This is the kind of thing you need to have in your house. How do I sound? Oh, you sound really nice promoting your friend like that. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? And it's actually far easier to promote someone else's art than it is to promote your own. Because of that, I don't want to sound arrogant. I don't want to sound like I'm pushing myself. It's far easier. So I would say maybe pick a couple of artist friends and go, let's swap for half an hour. I'll promote you, you promote me. They can use their account to promote you and vice versa or whatever it is, but it's actually far easier to promote someone else. And this can work really well. Even if you got three people together and you worked for half an hour on one business, half an hour on the other and half an hour on the next, like do a virtual get together.
1: So I'm not against this idea. I'm going to not do it. And the reason is I don't have any friends who are the same style as me. Like I'm making those connections now and I can see this happening for the next Kickstarter, but I don't have any friends who have the same style and audience as me close enough right now that I would do that. So I'm going to just say no to this, but that reminds me that I have one person who's said that they will be putting my project in one of their updates for their, for their backers. I had another person contact me saying, hey do you go, do you want to do like a cross promotion and i had looked at their project thinking the same thing because i was looking for projects that had the same um, kind of same funding level cuz you don't want to ask someone who's got like a huge funding level to cross promote you so he had the same funding level he had a female character his sci- more uh, fantasy but it's like it looks like cool dark sexy art and I was like, "Hey, I was actually looking at your project, and since we have, you know, the same—I think we have the same audience—I am totally into it." And he's like, "Cool." So he gave me a little pitch. I gave him a little pitch, and we're going to send it to our backers. So that's literally happening. Like, I am cross promoting someone; they are cross promoting me, and that is a thing. And like, I had heard on like the Comic Launch podcast to just promote someone, but don't ask because you don't want to ask someone for something. For and and so that sounds really spammy. I was into it with this guy because I'm like, oh, it's first Kickstarter, I'll fucking do it. And I think he picked the right person. You know, he picked me, it was my first Kickstarter, we're at the same level of funding. So it was a good choice for him to ask me. So I I think that the cross promotion with other Kickstarter creators is a great idea. I am jumping on board that train. And there's a few like other people who I back their project and they back mine and we chatted a bit. And I'm not going to ask them to promote me. I will just promote them and say, hey, I love your comic. I promoted it. You're awesome. And that's it. So for me, and I think it is important, is to do it. Don't ask for the cross-promotion. But if they like you, of course, they're going to do it anyway. So this, I think, will be more the avenue I take in in cross-promotion rather than asking a friend to take over my Instagram. Right now, I don't think that's a, a good move.
0: So the general idea is asking people to help you promote because it's easier for other people to promote you than it is for you to promote yourself. That's the general idea. So I want, and you are using this general idea. So I think you've gone very specifically and I threw out lots of ideas. So I understand why, but very specifically, I'm not letting anyone near my Instagram. This is a bit weird. No, but the general idea is just get someone else to promote you. However you do that, it doesn't matter
1: And it's true, like when I I retweet, you know, a lot of artists, and I have one friend I retweeted her comic, and I and I wrote about it, and she's like, "Whoa, I don't even talk about my comic as well as you did." And it was just like, "Yeah," because I'm like, she's my friend, so I'm her biggest fan, right? And it's true, like I really, when it's someone else, I'm like, "This is the best comic about this," and I and I do, I never, I don't, I won't say I never just retweet. I obviously just retweet the retweet a lot, but I do like to pick some specific thing and say why, you know, I like it. So yeah, I'm, I'm like a huge cheerleader for people. On that note, I've found that my daily marketing emails, well, messages are taking way longer. And I don't know if this is a great strategy or not, but in order to not sound spammy, I'm really sending very personalized messages to people. I have the body, but I'm going into every account and like trying to find something where it shows that I'm not just a spammer. And I don't know if this is like the best use of my time or not, or if it's like a fantastic use of my time. So I am, I'm making all of my connections a lot more personal. So I don't know, is this, is this good? Should, is this the road to keep, just keep going more personal? You know, as I only have like 400 followers, it's not such a big deal right now, but when I'm super famous, like, and like have like 10,000 followers, like it's going to be impossible, right. To have that, you know, personal connection
0: with each person. Like the personal connection is absolutely the way to go right now. That is fantastic. Like we said, it's the split of the both. You do need to do some promotion where it's just getting the message out there, it's just telling people it's doing it. But the personal connection is what's going to engage people, what's going to do it. I would just say my feeling of having chatted to you is you are incredibly conscientious and you probably go to a level of detail beyond what you actually need to do. And I would recommend just. Speeding up slightly, like you can find something quickly, send a message, engage. I think you probably go a bit too, too deep compared to what I would do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's perfect. I think if you want to hit the numbers and speak to people and get the message out there, then you're going to have to just go a little bit faster and, you know, have a glance down the timeline. Oh, they're into this. Saw you're into this. Da da da. Bang. Send. And I think it's a speed bit. So there is an element of sales that sales is a numbers game. And yes, personalized will always win. And sending 10 personalized messages is way better than sending a thousand messages with no first name and spamming people. However, sending 200 personalized messages that are just personalized just a little bit is better than sending 100. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And I think we're now in a stage like we've got these levels. I love your levels. Do the poll, send the messages, let's get the levels out there, and then let's just focus on the sales every day. And if you've got your super fans, ask them to help share it. Like asking them directly, like I've I've launched my new stretch goals this week. Please could you help share it? Please could you tell two people? I think that's a fantastic way to do it. It's just the energy we put into it every day. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. I'm into it. Excellent. So we have stretch goal levels we have stretch goal ideas. The very first step is to do the poll and send that out to the backers and see what they say. I don't know the answer to this. Do we just engage your general followers in the poll or is it just for backers?
1: Most of my updates are public, so followers can see as well. and They can't comment, but they could click on a link if they want it. So If I make a Google link, they could click it. And I should probably ask my social media followers too, because i will be like, guys, we're at, like about to have the next you know, thing. What would you like to see? And then they'll be like, oh, I'd pay to get a freaking paper doll or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. Uh, so
0: yeah, I would agree with what you've just said. I would say like that link, like share it with your followers as well. Um, So on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all the different things and share it with your followers as well, because it might get a bunch of people going, oh, those are cool ideas. And you might find you get some new backers through that as well. I think that's great. Cool. So what's the plan from this episode? What is the plan from here, Jamie?
1: Plan is tomorrow in my update, I'm going to be bringing attention to two or three, not too many other projects. I have several in mind. So I'll start with two. I'm going to talk about how the next stretch goal is coming up. And because this is my first Kickstarter, I just want to make sure that I'm giving you guys what you want. So do you want these things or put other and like you had such great ideas for Mandy, one way better than my ideas. So why don't you give me an idea for the next stretch goal? Let me know and I'll announce it. ASAP and let's work together to get it. And uh, once I announce the stretch goal, then I'll be like, awesome, here's the next stretch goal. Can you do me a favor and just write two friends and who you think would like this to get them on board? Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, so we were at, like you said, you know, 4,000, not that much. I think you should make the next stretch goal 4,500. I still think like the amount of comics that I have, but I, I, guess, I guess it could still work because even if I do the $30 comics, I don't know, I don't want to do the math on that. I feel like I've run out of higher tiers at this point to get people on board. I've run out of higher tiers. So to get to 4500 is actually a really long road. So I'm not sure if I should make the next stretch goal 4000 or 4500
0: It doesn't really matter. Whatever you're feeling comfortable with, let's do it. Like $500 is not a huge amount. Either way, I think just pick one and go for it. I would always push you to go slightly higher to stretch slightly further, um, yeah. because I think you can do it, and I believe in you, and I think we've got the energy and the momentum. But if you feel comfortable at four, just do it. It doesn't really matter. We just need to take action and get motivation and energy behind it.
1: Okay, cool. Like you know what, I'll I'll do the poll, and if I see what people ask for, it'll give me more sense of like, oh, this is a lot of work, so let's make it the next one up.
0: Sounds perfect. Right. The closing message. For the episode with all of this going on, I think we're right in the middle of the Kickstarter. We've got huge energy. It's the momentum that we need to keep going. And I think you've done an incredible job to get here. Incredible job. Now it's about having fun with it and pushing it on. And I think one of the things that I've learned in business is the more fun I have running my business, doing what I do, the more fun the people around me have. And if they're having fun, they're attracted to working with me. So if we can find a way this is fun for you, Jamie, and we can find the energy and the delight to do these things, and people are giving you cool ideas and you get that spike, and we all have fun creating this thing together, your backers feel listened to, the more fun you have, the more fun they will have. So my suggestion to you for the next week is to ask the question every day, how can I have more fun today? because that's going to inspire the people around you. And actually, everyone listening to this, how can you have more fun doing the projects you're doing with the customers you've got? How can you have more fun every day with your marketing? How can you have more fun? And it is incredible how much energy, how much fun you have, and how people will be attracted to you. And there was a very interesting study they did of why people would switch buyers in the corporate world, and. Like I've already given you the answer, so I've kind of ruined my own punchline for this particular story. But everyone felt like the top three answers why people should move suppliers is price, quality, and service. And they were always up there. The one no one expected for the survey was fun. But when they actually thought about it, if you had the choice of two companies who had similar quality, similar service, and similar price, but the person at company B was more fun, which one would you choose? Fun. You'd always go with the one that's more fun. You'd go with the person that's more fun, that's engaging, that's nice, that you like. You would always do that. So I think that's the magic ingredient that we need to sprinkle on all of our businesses is a little bit more fun. So I would love to ask all of you listening to this to go out there and have more fun this week. Jamie? can you commit to a little bit more fun?
1: Yes, 100% more fun. <laughs> well, like, And to the listeners? 100% I commit to like maybe 30% more fun. How, how's, how about that? <laughs> well,
0: well, if you can double the fun, I'd love that. Okay. And to everyone listening to this podcast, can you commit to having a little bit more fun this week? Because it's going to lighten your life. It's going to be more enjoyable for you and more enjoyable for the people you're working with. So there's the lean call. Go out there, have more fun, make a few waves, sell a bit more and make the world a brighter place. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out, be different, be yourself, be a rebel entrepreneur.